enable the affiliates to do the best that they can and try not to control the message, which is very hard when you're marketing, and let them be the best that they are. That's why you chose them. We have worked with affiliates that were very, very, very popular. You know, let's say like mid-range influencers, and the results were zero. We have worked with affiliates with a very small following, but who had an hyperhidrosis problem, and the results were just tremendous. You know, like unbreaking believable. So on today's episode, we're going to learn about how three Canadian founders got together to solve the issue of excessive sweating with a simple yet groundbreaking medical device called Demodry. It's a great episode you do not want to miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or fourfold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And- Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability—that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear firsthand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. As you continue to grow your e-commerce business, access to growth capital would increasingly play a significant role in achieving and surpassing your financial and social goals. Why should you give up equity or pay high interest rates to grow your business? There is a new way to access growth capital that transforms e-commerce businesses. Wayflyer has shaken the way e-commerce operators access working capital. With a dedication to only D2C e-commerce businesses, Wayflyer will fund you on a fairer fund-as-you-grow model, meaning if your sales slow down, so does the amount you transfer back. There's just a simple fee and the funds you need to grow are deposited to your account instantly. It's worth checking out on wayflyer.com. That's W-A-Y-F-L-Y-E-R. Hi, 2Xers. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kunle Campbell. The 2X e-commerce podcast is dedicated to digital commerce insights for retail and e-commerce teams. Each week on this podcast, we interview a commerce expert, a founder at a digital native consumer brand, or a representative from a best-in-class commerce SaaS product. We give them a very tight remit to give you ideas you can test right away on your brand so you can improve commerce growth metrics such as 
conversions, average order value, repeat customers, your audience size, and ultimately your gross merchant value or sales. We are here to help you sell more directly to your customers. So on today's episode, I interviewed Matthew Mirolt, who is one of three co-founders at um, a medical device company called Demodry. I'm actually a customer because I do have excessive sweating issues. Um, I remember growing up, I would sweat on my palms every time um, I had sweat in my armpits. You know, um, you see the patches in my um, in my armpits. And then I think two Black Fridays ago, <laughs> that's a long time ago, I, um, I, I, I just bought one of their devices, Demodry, um, used it a couple of times, seemed to work. Um, and um, I got the opportunity very recently to speak with one of the co-founders. Um, and it's a phenomenal story. They're doing in excess of $10 million um, in revenue um, a year. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're a synergistic type of team where, you know, one person came up with the invention, another, you know, sorts out marketing, another sorts out operations and finance. So that pillar is there. Um, we talk about how they raised um, some capital to, to run the business, how they ran initial tests in the business and what it feels like, you know, running a, running a 10 million plus, um, um, 10 million plus business in, in revenue um, just what it looks like from the driver's seat, you know, from a marketing stack point, uh, from an operational stack point. Apparently, they manufacture everything in Canada, every part of that device in Canada. And the interesting thing is they do it in-house, which is phenomenal. Um, so that attention to detail from a vertically integrated standpoint, um, we talk about and, um, you know, what they're geared towards doing. So in five years time, they want to build a hundred million dollar company. And one of the constraints there is the fact that it's a medical device, meaning that there's, there's friction, um, when customers want to purchase it, particularly in the United States. I had to fill out a, a disclaimer form so that it was classified as a um, medical device. So I didn't have to pay importation tax. And I think VAT, um, because I ordered it from the UK, from Canada when I when I purchased it. So it's it's really interesting that the, the opportunities, obviously, you know, going through, um, you know, doctors who can, you know, essentially recommend a device at scale. So, so there are B2B opportunities, which we discussed and, um, the B2C, um, you know, game that they're playing is, is quite interesting because they're, they're very tight with retargeting. Um, they're very effective with the performance marketing on, on social. And if you type out excessive sweating anywhere you are in North America or even the UK, their ads will turn up. So, so they're very, very proactive with that interesting conversation. Um, very, very, very friendly chap and humble, um, most especially. So um, without further ado, I'd like you to enjoy the show. So I shall catch you on the other side. Do let me know how it goes. If you haven't already, hit the follow button on whatever podcasting platform you, you listen to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes if, if you have a chance. The last time I got a review was months ago and that shouldn't really happen. So guys, please, ladies, please um, you know, leave us a review Enjoy this episode, meanwhile, and I shall catch you on the other side. Thank you. Cheers. 
The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Nun, and Chubby's. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. Welcome to the 2x e-commerce podcast here, Matthew. A pleasure to have you. Immense pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Did I mention that, um, you know, I'm, I was so two Black Fridays ago, um, back in 20, now yes, just going by 2019 Black Friday, um, I took the plunge and I purchased a, one of your, um, your, your, your packages, your kits, essentially. Yep. Um, for, I think it was a total one. It was for, for the armpit, the, 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 the hands and the feet. Um, incredible, incredible product, I have to say. Hey, that's uh, it's such an honor. Uh, I can't believe that. <laughs> what a beautiful coincidence. And that was very smart on your behalf because the price has increased a lot <laughs> in two years. It has, it so, has, it has. Yeah, it puts it in, cool. in the resale market to, <laughs> to make, yeah. <laughs> make a, you know, make, make a buck or two. Um, but you're set out in, in the market to, to solve this excessive sweating problem. You know, some of us have, I've had, I've had excessive sweating for as far as I can remember, I'm talking secondary school. I'm talking 12, when I was 12 or so. And I, I know, you know, younger people having this this issue. Should we go back in time to what you did prior? Because you're you're one of three co-founders, I believe. Yeah. So what you did prior to, to that, what each of you did prior to get to that to 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 Demodry and how Demodry was actually um, ideated and then eventually brought to market. That's a great question. I think Demodry is like a lot of uh, startup stories. It was invented to solve a problem. So one of the co-founders had excessive sweating on his hands and feet. And as you may know, because you also suffer from excessive sweating, and as a lot of your listeners may know. When you have excessive sweating, it takes complete control over your life. So basically, he was going on a date with a girl, and his hands were so sweaty. And the girl took his hands, and the girl was like, oh, why are you so shy? And he was like, no, I'm not shy. My hands are always sweaty. And it really took him off his game. So... A lot of things happened in this life where he said to himself, okay, I need to find a solution for my excessive sweating. He built a homemade iontophoresis machine. It worked wonders on him. He had no more sweaty hands, no more sweaty feet. His confidence came back. He took control over his life. And he talked to me and one of my other friends. So we're all friends since high school. Um, and we said to each other, this is such an amazing thing that we can't keep it from ourselves. Um, we need to share it to the world. Um, and that's really how it started. Just this desire to bring this amazing solution and help as many people as possible. Incredible, incredible. And, and does he have like a, a science background, a STEM background? Um, how did he sort of put it together? Because it, 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 it's it's an electronic device, exactly. Yeah. With aluminium, it's very clever. It's rudimental. Yeah. It appears to be rudimental, 
Uh, yeah. But, but it's, there, there's some electri- electronic um, components to, to it. Yeah, absolutely. So this is considered a medical device. It's called an ionophoresis machine. The way it works, just so your listeners understand, we send a very, very, very little electrical current through the surface of the skin, and it kind of comes and disturbs the connection between the nerve and the sweat gland. So the nerve cannot send any more signal to the sweat gland to tell it to produce some sweat. So um, the way that it came about, um, Maxim, who is the person who had excessive sweating, he is a guy who works in finance back in the days and he was just a total nerd at the same time he was his dad was an engineer he was the person who would always look like at documentaries on how things were done um so with that kind of experience he built this really small and rudimentary machine at home um and that was kind of our prototype you know uh, and afterwards me and my other colleague we have more of a marketing background so i have Mm -hmm. a master's in marketing and the other colleague who's a co-founder he uh, worked in uh, e-commerce marketing so with this kind of background two people who had more of a marketing background and him who had a more you know of a kind of engineering background Mm -hmm. we set about creating this company and a lot of people say like oh my god you guys must all be engineers you guys uh, must really know what the science behind of it and the the truth of the matter is not at all so when we started off we were just people who had a really intuitive uh, business sense and we knew that people who did medical devices really bad at marketing so we were looking at the website of our competitors we were like okay this is like the um, stone age of internet we were looking at how they did google ads and we were surprised mm-hmm. because there were no google ads um so this gave us the clear clear uh, intuition that it was going to be so easy to beat them because mm-hmm. the ad spending was going to be very very low to be able to sell a machine and of course on facebook same thing the ad spend was going to be very very low because we had no competition so all these things uh, made us want to understand better how machine worked. Uh, so because we saw a big, big uh, business opportunity, we said to ourselves, let's go, let's learn everything about this technology. Let's go mm-hmm. all in. And uh, five years later, here we are. Uh, and we have a medical device, an introphoresis machine, that which is the best sold introphoresis machine probably in the history of uh, this type of uh, solution. And we've changed thousands, thousands of lives. And uh, we help people take control over their excessive sweating. Incredible, incredible story. There's so much to unpick there. Yeah. Um, besides, just to add to that, um, you know, five years on, um, you're in the 10 to 20 million um, in revenue in GMV range. You sell D to C as well as Amazon. Um, that there's there's a lot of um, runway, you know, you've you've, you've created um, over these last five years. Let's go back though. Let's yeah. go back. Um, which is your, how did you come to go to market? So you, you, you spotted the opportunity. You're looking at search data. You're very data driven. It's yeah. a big problem. You're probably looking at people searching for excessive sweating and you're like, geez, there's really no product out there, um, you know, capable enough to solve this problem effectively besides the incumbent, um, um, you know, um, deodorants, which really do not solve the problem when you think about it. it just make you smell a bit better when the excessive sweating comes, nothing, it doesn't really stop it, does it? So how did you come to market um, and where did you sort of have that initial production, you know, run? Was it um, locally there in Canada? Because I believe you were dialing in from Quebec um, or did you 
Um, or did you take it to, did you outsource it? I really want to know, um, get into a bit of detail in the early beginnings, how you, 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 you moved the first few thousand units. We basically did a lot of, uh, market research, um, with Maxim. He, because he had hyperhidrosis, like this winning his whole life, he knew better than anybody else what it meant to have the condition. And, and he also knew, that there is no good solutions out there. As you mentioned, deodorants don't work. Um, when you go to your doctor, it's really, really um, hard to talk about your hyperhidrosis because a lot of times people, when you mention this problem, they say, oh, it's not a real problem. You know, just having a bit of sweat where people who have hyperhidrosis, as I mentioned before, it's all they think about. Um, so early on, we wanted to put this product on the market and we thought that we were going to be in the market in the next six months. The thing is, it's a medical device. So we needed to do a bunch of tests. We need to get certified by Health Canada. It was such a long process. So every six months, we said to each other, okay, you know what? In the next six months, we're going to be on the market and it's going to be awesome. And it actually took two years. It took two years for Three us to years. be on the market. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. It took us two years. Um but those two years really allowed us to better understand the market. It really allowed us to uh, try out some new marketing strategies, um, have a very soft launch. Um, and yeah, that's it. Become the best in our, in our field. Incredible, incredible. So you, you, you were funded by, by angels, by, by, by like an angel you know, investment, at what I would think. So basically, we're very lucky in Canada because uh, we have a lot, an amazing uh, ecosystem for startups. We mm -hmm. are all self-funded, meaning that it was either banks, it was either friends or family, it was either a local uh, government who gave us or lended us some money. So we have not diluted any of our shares. And for us, I think that's one of the things we're the proudest of because mm -hmm. we are 100% owners of the company. We take all the decisions, the good ones, like the bad ones. Mm -hmm. um, so we're very, very happy uh, of, uh, yeah, of how it went. Incredible, incredible, incredible stuff. Okay, so um, uh, how did you go to, so what about production? Um, you yeah. know, so, so the medical devices, how did you produce your first thousand units? So we produce the first thousand units the same way we're producing them today. Basically, since day one, we wanted to take ownership of the production just to be able to understand what are the flaws of our design and be able to make them better as soon as possible. And so since day one, we do the manufacturing and distribution from our own offices here in Montreal. And we're located in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Uh, and this is where we ship from. So the machine that you receive in the UK was shipped here from Canada. We, If I knew it was you, I would have sent you some bagels, some maple syrups with that order. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, and uh, for, to be honest, with COVID, we realized that the bet that we made to manufacture everything here kind of paid off mm -hmm. because we have a lot of friends in e-commerce. And as soon as COVID hit, hit their sales increased like a lot of people and the problem with them was that they had a container that was stuck in china and it took them six months to get that container um, and because of that they went bankrupt whereas we had all the stock here we built everything here and that really saved us at that moment because we were able to ship uh, as many units as we wanted to well what about the 
um, the components of over COVID, the, the, the actual, you know, things that go into yeah. manufacturing? How did you sort of hedge against um, that risk? So we're kind of lucky because um, a lot of the components of our machine are electronics. And when it comes to electronics, it's not that different in terms of cost to build it here or in China because it's machines that produce it. So we make our cards here in Canada. Um, And so that's like the most important part of a machine. It's from Canada and most of our components don't even come from China, which kind of sounds surprising. Mm-hmm. But when you're a medical grade company, you cannot uh, compromise on quality. You mm-hmm. cannot c- compromise on um, the companies that you work with. So initially we worked with a lot of companies and we'd say to them, Hey, we need this certificate because of course we're a medical company. Are you compliant with these norms? And they were like, okay, tell me which norm you want us to be compliant and I'll make sure that my Photoshop team will send you the right <laughs> certificate. <laughs> so, my Photoshop at that team. Moment, yeah, that's it. So at that moment, we realized that maybe China, at first, I know they're amazing for a lot of things, but maybe for this type of high-quality devices, it's not the best. And, of course, there's the risk of being copied, which we have been already um, a lot. So... Um, all in all, making sure that uh, the, our main components do not come from China has been a good bet, especially because of COVID. Absolutely. Interesting, interesting, interesting. And then um, you're from a marketing background. Yeah. Um, so you guys are in a very unique situation in the sense that um, there was no competition, but there was a problem. Yeah, that's um, it. So, so, so how did you start turning up? you know, to people that had this problem? Um, were you, was it search? Um, was it social? What did you do first? So initially we did everything that was low cost. So we started off with Google ads um, and then we went to Facebook. But the moment where we really started to get more popular and more well-known was when we started working with affiliates because we are kind of a very weird solution. You could tell me what you thought about solution when you saw it first. We tell to people, put your hands or feet in water and then connect the machine to electricity and then put electricity in water, which is everything that your parents said not to do. So we worked with affiliates. So people would go online, either with YouTube, either with Instagram, and they would say like, hey, I tried this machine. It worked wonders on me. And now my hands, feet, or underarms are dry. Mm-hmm. That is really when the, mach- uh, the business started popping off. Because as you could imagine, the search volume for an ion tofrizis machine is not very high. Um, so yeah, affiliate marketing for us was the way to go. And uh, as soon, when we started becoming more well-known, then uh, everything else became much more easier. So we had more people looking for a website. Uh, the Google ads performed better. The Facebook ads performed better. And now, of course, we were very we were using TikTok a lot. TikTok stars performing better. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You're, you're evolving. You're evolving. So you're a very yes. demonstrable product in the sense that, yes. you know, um, there's a problem and there's there's a certain way you have to do it to get the product to work. Um, and and so you're working with these partners, with these affiliate partners, the content, you know, producers on, on YouTube particularly. Um, what advice do you have 
to you know merchants in a similar situation as yourselves um, at that time in terms of like affiliate relationships commissions and managing and nurturing and getting the the best out of your partners so we always had a strategy of letting our, stra- our partners do what they do best. Initially, we would send out scripts, we would send out like a templates, etc. And it was never as good as when we just gave them machine, gave them, you know, very little sh- um, headlines, um, and then let them roll. Uh, because if you, you know, somebody follows a YouTuber because they love what they do, if you try to change them, then they're not going to love them anymore. So mm-hmm. just enable the affiliates to do the best that they can and um, try not to control the message, which is very hard when you're marketing, um, and let them be the best that they are. That's why you chose them. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of like commission structure um, yeah. and um, also attribution, you know, how do you, what if I first learned about Demodry on a YouTube channel from Affiliate X and I ended up, you know, um, searching for Google um, at the end of the month because that's when I get yeah. paid um, for Demodry. So, so how did you sort of sort out those sort those challenges and, and what was the compensation structure like? Yeah, I think uh, most people who work with affiliate uh, marketing are still trying to sort that out because it, it is kind of hard to understand. Um, so basically, we work with the two methods. Uh, one is cookie attribution, and the other one is um, coupon codes. So when a person uses a coupon code of an affiliate, they're going to get the commission. Same thing with the uh, cookies. But as you mentioned with the cookies, it's really harder to track because let's say you go to one affiliate video, then you go to another affiliate video, then you go to the third one. Um, they, the cookie tracking is only going to track one of these three partners. So a lot of people might feel like, you know, they produce the content for, for nothing. Um, so we offer, I think, a 5% commission for most uh, affiliates. Of course, if we have a doctor or if we have, you know, Kanye West or, you know, the celebrity who talks about our machine, of course, we would offer a much bigger commission. Um, but uh, usually it sounds around 5%. Keeping in mind that our machine right now is retailed at almost 500 USD, 5% of 500 USD is kind of a very interesting commission. Mm-hmm. And we have people who it's almost their full-time job. So um, it is very interesting to do an affiliate marketing for products that are more high-end. Um, sometimes I'm like, yeah, maybe I should quit my job and just start doing <laughs> affiliate. an affiliate yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. For- <laughs> All right. And then how would you describe, how would you um, attract the right yeah. sorts of affiliates? What, 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 what do you think are the barest essentials for, um, for, for, for merchants really looking to get the best of the best? In this ever competitive um, you know, world of creators, um, yeah. guys. So we have tried so many other different things and we have realized that the only affiliates that really work is people who actually have the problem. So people who can attest to the fact that it really works well, that um, talk from an honest perspective of why having hyperhidrosis is really, really worrisome and uh, how their life changed because of the machine. If the message does not sound honest and if it doesn't seem like it really is coming from an honest experience, then we would never see the sales. So we have worked with affiliates that were very, very, very popular. You know, let's say like mid-range influencers. Uh, 
and the results were zero. We have worked with affiliates with a very small following, but who had an hyperhidrosis problem, and the results were just tremendous. You know, like unfreaking believable. Um, so in our case, and maybe it doesn't apply for everybody, but working with people who have, have hyperhidrosis is kind of the main criteria. So what we do is we go on YouTube, click like uh, sweaty hands. We find everybody who has a problem with, uh, who talks about having problems with sweaty hands, contact all of these people, uh, send them a free machine, make sure that if you had, they have a following, would give them an enticing commission uh, promise and um, just let the, let them work their magic. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly 500 billion by 2025. As a fast-growing area in commerce, subscriptions hold tremendous opportunities to build a community of customers who share your values. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. Recharge powers the growth of over 15,000 subscription merchants and their communities, turning one-time transactions into long-term customer relationships. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omni-channel brand, subscriptions strengthen the brand relationships with your customers and make it easy for customers to make repeat purchases. With subscriptions, merchants are able to experience predictable revenue, increased customer loyalty, and higher average order values. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Get started today with a subscription payment solution trusted by over 50 million subscribers worldwide by heading over to rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. That is rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. Did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first-time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S.com and mention 2x e-commerce podcast for two months free that is gorgeous.com for two months free just mention 2x e-commerce yeah uh, i also recall the video the youtube video that swayed my yeah. um my my decision on on this and it was um an itv this morning video um, yeah. it's a UK and, and they were swearing my demo dry in that video. How did you get that? Was that also, you know, part of like your PR, part of your media, um, you know, efforts? 
So yes, we have. We're very, very lucky because when you, the, the media hears about a machine, uh, they become uh, enticed because it's such an odd way to treat your hyperhidrosis. So a lot of media have contacted us in the UK. We had the BBC contact us. Uh, we had uh, GN News. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a lot of different radio stations who contacted us. It is like kind of a fun thing to talk about when you're at the beginning of summer. Um, but yes, of course, 100% PR is 100% based on our strategy. It is when it works, it is the best return on ad spent, but it doesn't always work. We, mm-hmm. like a lot of company, we sent uh, thousands of pitches and never to get picked up. But the one that got picked up, it creates so many sales that it's very, very worthwhile. Interesting. Super, super interesting. Um, and and just looking at um, other acquisition channels, um, yeah. So beyond, um, you know, the affiliates, um, so, so what are the key, um, key channels are you using to acquire new customers? So selling via banners that are very, uh, well-established such as Amazon or Costco, um, people, when they see your product at these banners, they automatically trust the product and automatically trust the buying process. Um, If, you know, it's been approved, let's say by Costco because they have it on their shelves, the client is going to know that it works, that they're not going to think that this is, you know, just a gimmicky product. And so that helped us out tremendously. The other ones, of course, are distributors because distributors, um, they know their market very well. So as the global company, we do not know what people in the Philippines how they purchase machines, what they think about when they're in their uh, buying um, cycle. So having Filipino, for example, distributors, having distributors in the Thailand that we just opened up, uh, that has helped us out tremendously. And of course, being a medical device, uh, having doctors recommend our machine has helped us out tremendously. So um, we have about 30% of our sales that come from doctors and uh, we do congresses to meet them. We go to their offices to meet them. We send them informational pamphlets, um, just getting our name out there at the most uh, possible. So it's a really multi-channel, you know, um, it's a well-old machine, very, very well coordinated. Um, yeah. In regards to like what you're seeing in particularly in the last 12 months, um, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, I'm just going to throw that out to you in terms of what, what's the landscape now, especially you as a merchant, how is it changing? Well, I think everybody who's been in e-commerce has not slept that well since iOS 14 has been implemented. I know that for a couple of weeks afterwards, weeks afterwards, we were like, okay, we need to change our business model from A to Z. In the end, it hasn't been as bad as we thought, but it's, it is very, uh, of course, it makes our life much more difficult. I don't know if you, I've, of course, everybody has noticed it, you know, since the changes that Facebook has made, their stock, their stock has dropped almost six, no, almost 50%. They lost almost 50% of their value. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised that we didn't see more e-commerces shut down uh, because a lot of uh, e-commerces only did their marketing via Facebook and that iOS 14 really changed the game. 
Mm-hmm. So right now, what we need to do is have much more compelling content. And TikTok for us really was the platform for that. Um, in, a mother, in a matter of months, we were able to have more followers than we have in Instagram that we worked on for years. Mm-hmm. So TikTok really helps to have compelling and interesting content. To be honest, you know, I, I don't know if it is for you or for the listeners. I almost never go on Facebook or Instagram anymore. I'm always on TikTok because it's so much more fun. So I'm just, we're just following the global trends. Um, and of course, YouTube is always very, very fun because um, there's more people who go on YouTube to find answers than on Google. So if you want to learn how to cook a, a recipe, you don't say mm-hmm. like how to cook an omelet on Google. You go on YouTube and you watch somebody do it. Same thing for a machine. We have a lot an amazing reception on YouTube. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of very, very concerned for the state of e-commerce in the future because of Facebook change. And uh, I'm, I think a lot of people who do, let's say, dropshipping and all these models, uh, they're going to need to adapt and evolve very quickly because uh, it makes the game so much harder for people in marketing. Absolutely. And um, we we talk very little about dropshipping on, on the podcast. Yeah. Our focus is on like um, D2C e-commerce brands. And yeah. there's, certainly, um, there's certainly a lot of battle cries at, at the moment. Um, and, and stores are getting shut down. Stores are being acquired, you know, um, at very, very interesting um, multiples and, you know, prices. Obviously, because SDE has progressively gone down, you know, over yeah. the last 18 months. Um, but there, there has been an uptake, I have to say, particularly to um, products that speak to um, the demographic under 40 in TikTok. Yeah. It, it has yeah, sort yeah. of it's making its strides, you know, slowly, some very aggressively. I'm just on your TikTok page and I can see a lot of content creators. So is your TikTok strategy to work with content creators or do you have a face um, of the brand? Do you have on, do you have content that's generated by your brand or um, what's your approach to TikTok marketing now? So we had an employee who herself almost has a million people who follow her. So we were just like, hey, just take control over TikTok. We don't know what we're doing. And you're doing such a good job on your TikTok. And um, she has a lot of fun with it. And she's doing an amazing job. So we let her uh, have full creative control. And um, sometimes for affiliates who don't want to have uh, some content on their own page because it's kind of personal. They just send us videos that we use. Um, so the, it's it's a bit of both. Most of it is in-house and some of it is uh, out uh, outsourced. Um, and of course we have, you know, our, I think our biggest video that we ever had on TikTok was with the collaborator of Dr. Shaw, which is considered like the godfather of um and medicine on TikTok. Um, so we had almost, I think, 8 million views on this video. He talked <laughs> about us. Um, so that that was an amazing experience. But uh, yeah, so it's it's fun. It's a very fun platform. We're still learning. I think everybody's still learning because they're evolving pretty quick. And uh, I would say to anybody and everybody out there, just have fun with TikTok because it's so much easier to have a viral video than on YouTube, uh, Instagram TV, or uh, Facebook videos. Okay, who was the doctor? You said doctor? Dr. Shaw. So Dr. Shaw. And I think... Uh, on, uh, 
Dr. Sharp. Yeah, S-H-A-H. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, Durham Doctor. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Uh, most of his, his posts are over a million. You know, they're, they're yeah, like that's it. 11, 4.5, 2.1. This guy knows how to create content. Yeah, Four yeah, yeah. million, six million, eleven. Wow. And and we were super lucky because when we called his agent to work with him, his agent told us that he loved their machine because his brother-in-law was using Dermadrive. So it was just a, a magical that's, connection. Yeah. And and that's the reason we're having this conversation now because we 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 got we we got the opportunity. I was like Demadry, I know Demadry, I use Demadry, yeah. I have it, you know. And I was like, yeah, let's 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 do it soonest rather than yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. later. So it's it, it's and there was there was, a, there was a tweet put out yesterday by yeah. Nav, Naval. I don't know if you know Naval. He was like, um, how did he say? Your your um. Your marketing isn't working. That's why you're doing a lot of sales. Yeah. And then your product isn't working, and that's why you're doing a lot of marketing. Uh. And in, in your case, when you do a little bit of marketing because the product's so good, yeah. it, it's, sort of, it's leverage. It's just the, mm. the product is given marketing leverage, and you're, you're just, you're, it's like a flywheel. Um, mm-hmm. But for some other brands, it's like the product isn't really doing much. It's really, it's really not. There's no moat in their product, and so it's just another me too. So you, they're, they're they're really trying to get those emotional, you know, levers to to say, okay, this is our market. This is what differentiates us from our market, and this is our marketing message. And they're always trying to work out that copy and, and message to convince people that okay, you know, try us, try us, try us. So um, it's it's interesting. Okay, so. Said a lot of good things, yeah. but one thing is since 2019, um, November, when I purchased um, uh, my, my yeah. Demodry, I haven't gone back to your store. I'm getting emails from you. I know who you are for sure. Yeah. Um, there were a few upsells like um, the pads for, for, the, for the armpits, um, which I haven't purchased, so it might be dirty. <laughs> it might be dirty. But um, what does your returning customer rate look like, like purchase frequency? Um, I, I, as I mentioned before, I think your product is too good because we don't have that many recurring customers. Um, we thought initially that a lot more people would purchase our machine more often. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, we sell towels, underarm pockets, and, and people don't buy it that much. But um, yeah, that is definitely, I, would, I wouldn't say a problem, but that is something that we initially thought we would have more revenue from, and we don't have that much. Um, as you may know, it is usually when you purchase, when you acquire a customer, let's say via advertising, et cetera, the first sale you make is almost at a loss. And then it's when you do the second, third, fourth mm-hmm. sale that you make a profit out of that person. In our case, we didn't have, we don't have that opportunity. So at the first sale, we need to make sure that we make uh, a return, a positive return on ad spend. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have you have a high AOV. You, you know, you alluded to the fact that it's five hundred dollars, so it gives exactly. you a lot of leeway to for your CAC, I guess, for your cost acquisition cost. Yeah, exactly, precisely. That's it. Um, yeah, that's it. Because people who have high price doses, and as you can mention, it's like you would be willing to give anything you have to make sure that you don't have sweaty hands anymore, that your feet don't sink anymore, that you don't need to change four times your shirt during the day. And a lot of people, that's what they say. They say like, this is the best money I've ever spent in my life. 
Right. So um, we could go on and on and on, but it was really interesting um, just finding out more about the behind the scenes, you know, growth um, techniques you're using over at um, Demodry. Um, you're a medical device company. Um, obviously, um, you need a doctor's prescription in the US um, and you, you've done a terrific job, you know, really um, from from so at so many from so many perspectives um for those of um, listeners who want to find out more about demadry um what is the best um you know way to to, to reach out to yourselves so our website is probably the best way dermadry.com we have instagram at dermadry facebook tiktok you could go see our YouTube page. Um, if not, you could, of course, see our Amazon page. Um, and we are very, very open uh, if you have any questions. So basically, we are here to help people who have excessive sweating. And maybe iontophoresis, maybe dermadry is not the right solution for you. Mm -hmm. But to please reach out and we will make sure that we will find the right solution for you. Because we are not here to sell a product. We're really here to help people who have hyperhidrosis. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. You couldn't have said it any better. Um, thank you so, so, so much, Matt. And thank you so much for having me on and have a great afternoon. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.